Hey everyone, JV here. Thanks for joining me. I know that the podcast version of the program has been a little bit scarce recently, and I apologize for that. Uh, as I explained in the beginning of this episode that you'll hear in just a moment, uh, I've been out filming. We've got a really terrific project uh, underway. The podcast has been retitled the name of this project. It's called Paranormal Reality TV, and as the name implies, is filming involved. And that's what I've been out doing, a lot of filming. We've got a project or a filming, actually, weekend coming up this weekend, June 23rd and 24th. And if you have not yet found one of our video channels, one of the places that we stream live to, please take a moment and go find one now. We can be found on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. On Facebook, the page address is Paranormal RTV. Paranormal RTV. On Twitch and YouTube, it's Paranormal Reality TV. Paranormal Reality TV. By following and or subscribing to either of those channels, you'll have an opportunity to watch and participate in our live ghost hunts and other paranormal investigations. So with that, I introduce you to uh, this week's episode of Paranormal Reality TV, the podcast. Thank you so much for being a supporter. All right, welcome to uh, Paranormal Reality TV. I am JV. Thanks for being here. I I am discombobulated. I'm confused. I'm befuddled. I'm every other uh, word you can use to describe that that condition right now. Because as we've uh, progressed here and we've added other channels to the mix of places that we broadcast, uh, I've had to learn new routines, new software, new chat rooms, new buttons to push to go live, and I'm not very good at it yet. So I hope you'll bear with me. I think we're live in all the right places. And if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, thank you for being such a uh, a stalwart of, uh, of 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 being patient because we haven't had a new episode in a little bit a little bit of time. And the reason for that, of course, and most of you know this, is that we've been out filming. We've been out filming for our new TV project, and we're going to be doing that again this coming weekend. We're going to be in uh, just north of Indianapolis, actually. We're going to be at the Rhodes Hotel, a very, very haunted location. I have never investigated that location. Britt Griffith has never investigated that location. Uh, team member Rebecca Foster has investigated that location. She's the one that set this up. She's She is so excited but also nervous about this upcoming investigation she is kind of afraid not kind of she's completely uh, nervous i guess is the better word to uh spend the night in the location which is what we're going to be doing we're spending two nights there actually the Rhodes hotel has a notorious history of uh, paranormal activity and hauntings and we're going to be investigating it friday and saturday night coming up here the 23rd and 24th of June. Both nights, the live investigation will start at 9 p.m. Eastern. Now, remember, the key to success with our investigations isn't just us going room to room and doing the normal uh, ghost hunting type stuff. It's our audience and your participation in the investigation. As you know, we monitor chat very closely. We have a command center that has uh, several people that are watching chat comments and trying to interact with the live audience. And that live audience, which is you, has the best vantage point in the investigation. When we are in a very in a pitch black, dark room, if it's Britt and I or Rebecca and I or Britt and Rebecca, whomever it happens to be, or one of our guest investigators, all we can see in front of us is what little bit of light would be admitted from any equipment we're using or if something happens that it that generates its own light. That's what we can kind of see. We can hear noises. 
We can sometimes see some shadow play, which is kind of cool. But for the most part, it's pitch black and we don't get to see a whole lot. You, however, through the magic of infrared lighting and the cameras that pick it up, you actually can see everything that's going on. In fact, <laughs> when I play back some of these episodes and I look at the expressions on my face, I'm thinking, my God, I wish no one could see that because I look, at, look like an idiot at the moment um, because you forget that even though it's pitch black, people can see you because of the IR. So with you viewing the investigation, you have the best vantage point in the audience. You can comment. You can see things that we can't see. And in the investigations we've done so far, that has been tremendously helpful. Very, very helpful. It's helped direct, it, uh, direct us to the right locations to spend uh, time and focus energies. You've caught things that we haven't seen, and we've, we've gone back to play them back. We actually see them in the playback, which is really cool. And um, not only that, but sometimes you guys, you submit ideas that just hadn't occurred to us. Like the idea of sending um, Vax or, or James, uh, one of our technicians, into the uh, attic of our last investigation and have him do the Estes method there. Uh, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. He didn't like it so much. He is, uh, <laughs> he's, he's the resident scaredy cat, I guess we'll call him, of the investigations. He likes to be behind the computer in the lit and well-attended uh, command center as opposed to be off in a remote location. But we had him do it, and it was a lot of fun for us to watch it happen. And he caught some cool stuff, and it was a great experience for him. And that was that an idea came out of chat. So we appreciate that. And we'll be looking forward to your ideas and your suggestions as we uh, investigate the Rhodes Hotel Friday and Saturday night, the 23rd and 24th. Now, the reason we're here today and we're going to bring our guest in in just a minute, we're going to be talking with Carol H. Van Norman, who is a medium. She calls herself a skeptical meeting. I'm very curious as to what that means, because in my limited knowledge of all this stuff, Okay, well, I don't have limited knowledge. I've got a lot of knowledge about this stuff, but I don't have any of those sensitivities. I'm curious as a, what does it mean to be a skeptical medium? That's a very, very curious combination of words, and I'm gonna uh, we're gonna have a great conversation with Carol about that in just a couple of minutes. I want to remind you, uh, as I opened the program, I said we're doing some changes, we're moving things around, we're pro or uh, broadcasting in different places. We are just introducing our Facebook streams. Um, we hadn't been streaming to Facebook. Uh, Facebook is an, is an interesting animal, and I think they've added a lot of features that are actually going to be very beneficial down the road. So we are now uh, starting to engage Facebook, our Facebook audience, which is actually rather large. We've got 200,000 followers on Facebook, and thank you to every single one of you. If I had to say it 200,000 times, we'd be here for 10 weeks, so I won't do that, but I will thank you all as a group. Uh, but we're starting to stream there now. Because the audience is so large and we're, it's going to allow us to do some special things for people who subscribe. Facebook has a subscribe option. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, which is uh, facebook.com slash paranormal RTV. It's not paranormal reality TV. It's paranormal RTV. You can find it and you'll see a little subscribe button there. And that button allows you to become a supporter of the program. That support helps us get to these locations, do those broadcasts. It helps me uh, do these types of interview programs that we're going to be doing today. And um, uh, you know, we've got Britt and Rebecca doing their uh, their parts. They're doing additional programming. Rebecca does her readings. We've got Britt doing tech talks and tech videos. So there's a lot going on on the channel. 
And uh, if, if you choose to support the program, you can do it by subscribing on Facebook. You can also subscribe on Twitch. We've got a lot of people that subscribe on Twitch. We thank you for doing that as well. A couple things you should know about Twitch subscriptions. If you have an Amazon Prime account, which almost everybody does now, you can actually link it to the Twitch uh what do you call it? I guess you just link it to your Twitch account and then you can subscribe for free, but we still get credit for that. And we actually uh, get the financial support that comes along with that, but it doesn't cost you anything. You just have to link your Amazon prime to it. Uh, there are a couple other ways you can trick can contribute to the program on Facebook. They have a thing called stars. I have no idea how they work because it's new to me, but it seems to be the same thing as super chats on YouTube or cheering on Twitch where you can, it's kind of like a tip. That helps us as well. Uh, we have a Patreon account that you can contribute to. It's um, it's Joe Haw. So you go to patreon.com slash Joe Haw, our production company. Uh, and for podcast listeners, that's a great way to uh, help support the program. So there's a lot going on. I mentioned the big, uh, the big weekend coming up with the live investigation. I also want to mention this. I don't have them here to show you. But for those of you who saw the last investigation, the one we did at the New Egypt uh, Historical Society Museum, you know that we had a lot of fun uh, with shirts that we got, especially for Brit, because of his work making catios. If you don't know what a catio it is, is it's an outdoor playground. Well, it's an outdoor playground that's protected by fencing and, and mesh, wire, and whatever uh, for cats. Because in California, where Britt lives, there's a lot of predators that'll steal your cat, eat your cat, pull your the hawk will come down and, and carry your cat away or whatever they have there. So they build these little enclosures so a cat can still go outside, but won't be threatened by any of these predators. They're called catios, and Britt builds a lot of them in California. So we've had fun with making him wear shirts that uh, I call them ugly cat shirts. Uh, I've been reprimanded by cat lovers saying there's no such such thing as an ugly cat shirt. So I don't know if I'm in the wrong or they're just overzealous about their cats. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. These shirts are funny. And uh, we, we let the viewers decide which of the shirts we're going to uh, let him wear. I think we have like 10 now to choose from. All right. I have spoken for way too long. I told our guest I would talk for two minutes. I think it's been closer to 10. So I want to bring um, Carol into the program. Uh, our guest today, Carol H. Van Norman, the skeptical medium. Carol, welcome to the show. It is a real honor to have you here today. I thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you. I greatly appreciate you asking me to come on. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation because from the very first time that I saw, I think you commented on something on our page or whatever it was, and I saw uh, skeptical medium, medium, and I said, okay, we got to get to the bottom of this. How do those two words go together? <laughs> so the 800-pound gorilla in the room is what is a skeptical medium? Tell me how that works. Well, I'll give you bare bones initially, and that is you still got to prove it to me. Because not everything is from spirit. Easy. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense because there are no, and you're, 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 it's such a great point you're making too, because we've all run into the psychic or the medium who believes that everything they hear, see, touch, smell, taste, whatever it is, is a message of some sort. And, and what you're saying is no, no, uh, there are messages, there, there, there is communication. But not everything is that. Where's the line? I mean, it's probably a hard question to answer, but where's the line? How, how does a message get validated for you versus one that is uh, that you decide, mm, that's not coming from spirit? Mm. Well, I think part of it, and I will not speak ill at any other medium because we all work differently. Sure. 
but I believe it comes to that individual over time. They begin to recognize what may be their own thoughts being put into it, or if it's gut instinct, or if it's um, actually coming from the other realm. <laughs> All right. So um, a lot of people uh, spend a lot of time, and and, and, and like, I like the fact that you said you're not going to disparage other folks who work in this industry, because I don't think that does us a lot of good. However, how would you, when you, when someone is about to choose a medium or a spiritual counselor or a psychic to work with, what types of things mm -hmm. do you suggest they look at, look for uh, before making a decision as to who they should work with? Okay. Well, um, I will say, and you, I'm sure already know this. <laughs> All mediums are psychic, not all psychics are mediums. So um, it depends on the type of information you're looking for. Uh, if you're looking for a connection to spirit, definitely want to go with medium. Spiritual advisor does more than that. I do all three, um, but it, I believe in, in my perspective, a um, spiritual advisor also speaks to other things um guiding you with your life choices based on uh, the spiritual aspect um but uh, a psychic will will touch on um mostly past present and future uh often using a divination tool and i developed my own it's called the coffee reading the coffee reading you're gonna have to yeah. tell us what that is what is the coffee reading <laughs> Well, uh, you've heard of tea leaf reading sure. or um, the palm reading. Mm -hmm. um, it's just another divination tool. Um, essentially, I will pour a cup of hot coffee for my um, person I'm reading for. The recipient holds the cup, puts their energy into it. And as I describe what is about to happen, um, their energy is going into the cup while they're thinking about what uh, information they're looking for. I then pour in some cream and see what develops because not only do I get images, but I also hear audible messages coming from spirit on the other side. If you have a, a client or a person you're working with, I'm not sure if you call them clients. Some people don't like that. It sounds too business-like. But if you have somebody that you're working with and um, they come to you and they say, okay, this happened to me today. And let me just, let me just paint a scenario. It may not be a good example, but I was walking down the street this morning and I found a penny and my dad loved pennies. It must be a message. And you feel, whether it's that scenario or a different one, you feel, you know what, that's not really a message. How do you deliver that news? And is, is your, again, client, for use of, for lack of a better word, disappointed when you say that? Let me preface it with this. I also work in the mental health field. So I like to be very cognizant of someone who is maybe still in that deep grieving process. So I take that into account. I don't want to discount what they feel maybe in the past has, has been a message or what could possibly in the future be a message. But if I am not getting that gut instinct that that was what happened at that time, I may ask them, had they received messages in the past? Um, was there a, a big event that happened uh, around that time, maybe an anniversary of a passing or a, a marriage anniversary? Uh, perhaps there was a birth or an end date. 
Um, so if there is something either celebratory or even something of concern, um, and they felt that presence close to them when they saw what they perceived as a sign, um, I won't discount it. I will ask them if they've had that in the past and if they had that gut instinct or that feeling at the time they saw that penny just now. So I'm leaving it up for their interpretation as well because my job is to bring through messages from the other side. I can assist in interpretation, but it is not my message. Let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, when did you start to recognize these sensitivities? Uh, not everybody has them, or at least not everybody knows how to access them or use them or, or, or whatever. Uh, you clearly do. Uh, when did you start recognizing that in yourself? I was receiving uh, personal premonitions at the age of nine. I lived in a haunted house. <laughs> um, yeah, I was about 150 years old at the time, and I was often designated to do laundry, and that was in the basement. <laughs> yeah, so from the age of nine and up, yeah. Um, and there was a, a negative male entity that would hide out behind the furnace, which faced the washer and dryer. So I always felt it behind me. And I tried to get out of there as soon as possible because I didn't understand, you know. Um, but I was having personal premonitions at that time. And then it was about mm, 2011 when I had met some people that um, suggested I try doing some tarot cards and things like that. So I did, and they recognized that um, I did have some kind of um, ability there. And so uh, recommended I take some classes, which I did to hone the abilities that were more prevalent. So I took these classes and I then became certified. Um, and I did it to show uh, those that I read for that I am serious about my work. Um, and, and I think it's important to continue to do stuff like that, um, to keep honing in. But I also have the personal belief that every person has abilities, whether they be latent or pushed down purposefully. Um, but I do believe everybody has the capability of using the extra senses. Well, I'm going to just say this. I'm as sensitive as a brick. I have said that uh, from the very beginning of my work in this field. I just don't have, I, I, you know, I'm one of these guys like, you know, I'm numbers, I'm logic, I'm, what is that, right brain? Is that what they call that? Uh, I just can't seem to open up to messages or so i don't know if everybody does because i certainly don't feel like i do but everybody people like you carol tell me yeah you have it there somewhere you just got to figure it out remember go ahead let me ask you a question sure yeah. when you go into a site and you're investigating do the hairs stand up on your arm they can they have sure that's a sensitivity i mean people dismiss it but your body is telling you Oops, something's off. Hmm. Something's else is here. And you sense it. You feel it. When you... Have you ever experienced 
deja vu. Yes. Okay. Some believe that is um, a past life coming to the forefront. Um, and also just that gut instinct. If you're walking down the street and you sense that maybe danger is near and your gut is telling you, ooh, you know, hoof it out of here. Um, those are your senses. So you think that's the, so, that's the same kind of sensitivities that we're talking about here? They're, they're, they're uh, spiritual they in nature? They are a milder sense. Yeah. And they okay. can be honed and developed to become even more sensitive. This is just my belief. Um, but they can be developed more. And um, if you are open to that, you may be surprised to see a lot more. <laughs> I'm not sure I want <laughs> to. Sometimes it. it scares me. I don't think I want to know too much. <laughs> I like being in my little uh, bubble <laughs> at times. Um, Carol, forgive me. I, I forgot to mention in the beginning of the program, when I'm looking off the screen here, it's because I'm trying to monitor chat and uh, folks that are joining the program. So I'm not doing it to be rude, I, but I do apologize oh, for no, no, no. appearing to I not being paying attention, but I am. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the other side. I hear this phrase used, mm -hmm. and I've used it a lot. You know, when we go ghost hunting, we use terms like the other side or the veil or spirit yeah. realm or whatever it is. But, but I, you know, I think we'd all be kind of um, telling a little white lie if we all said we understood it completely or knew exactly what it was. But what is your feeling as to what the quote-unquote other side is? The pe where you're communicating <laughs> with people that are departed, what is that? To me, like you said, wow, it's, it's just mind-blowing. We can't unless we've been over there and back. And that's a rare occasion. Um, I've had near-death experiences, but uh, not to that extent where I can tell you for sure, I know. <laughs> but I do use those terms through the veil on the other side. I do believe it's a parallel. Um, it's just not visible to our physical eye. When you pass, when someone passes, um, is their soul, if you will, relegated to a certain location or do they have a choice, do you believe? Let me try to answer it this way and if i go off on a tangent let me know okay fair <laughs> enough okay it is my belief that there is not a quote-unquote heaven and hell for me in my belief system hell is what you make up in your mind there's no physical location um it is the torture you put yourself through um, and we all have life lessons. So part of that might be the lessons to learn on the other side before you return. I do have that belief system that we do return multiple times to this earth. Um, and heaven, to me, is just a place of peace with the rest of your soul family. Uh, just because we're talking about heaven for a minute, heaven for me is a really good pizza. I'll tell you that. I... I'm a. <laughs> I'm with you. It's <laughs> a lover. That's heaven. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't try to treat it lightly. But um, why are some people? We kind of touched on this a little bit. But why are some people more 
easily uh, able to recognize their sensitivities and use them uh, in some way versus someone like me who uh, we earlier pointed out earlier. I mean, I, I don't, I, I must have them as we talked about, but I don't know how to use them. They, they seem very foreign to me, but people like you, you recognized it as, a, as uh, when you were very young and, and you've been able to uh, use those sensitivities and make them blossom, if you will. Well, I will say when I was young, I didn't know that's what it was. The personal premonitions I was having um, pretty much scared me. I learned later that that's what those were because I had validation. But <laughs> um, I think with everyone having those capabilities, you can hone them, but you have to be open to it. Some people uh, through life events become more open to the possibilities of life on the other side through the veil. And also when people see things that they are not able to understand or give a legitimate, solid, physical reason to, fear may have them write it off or it may open the door for them to be like, well, maybe there is something. And once that door opens a little bit, if they are willing to follow, they may see that uh, they are finding a lot more than what they anticipated. <laughs> Carol, when you have um, um, communication, and I don't know if it happens all the time for you, some uh, mediums can turn it on and off. Uh, others say mm -hmm. they can't. It just It's just continual. Uh, what is it for you? Is it, is it something that you can control when it happens and when it doesn't happen, or is it just constant? Well, um, again, my belief system, um, I do believe we can all turn it on and off. Um, if we, some don't want to, okay, some, do, some want to leave that open. There are times when I don't have it on or off. It's just, okay, I'll leave the door open slightly. So if something comes through while I'm out, you know, they bug me like three or four times, knocking on the window, hello. <laughs> you know, you kind of deliver that message with respect and asking first. But um, I do shut it because I don't need that constant chatter. I don't need those constant images. Um, but I will say there have been times when it's off, uh, but that they still come through because there's an urgency. Um, like along the lines with um, like premonitions and, and things of that nature, if, if something big is coming up, either on a personal level for someone I know or globally. So the, uh, idea that when you have somebody who wants your help, they come to you and you are trying to communicate with people that are associated with that person. Um, mm -hmm. Is that different than when you're just, let's say you, you, you're, you haven't turned it off uh, and you just have messages mm -hmm. coming through. I mean, I'm assuming that those are random communications. You're not, not somebody you're seeking, but is, is there a difference between those two? <laughs> Yeah, it's in setting the intention. For me, for me, I set the intention even a couple days prior to doing a reading. 
um, opening myself up, uh, specifically saying, you know, if there's anyone coming through for Joseph, you know, I'm just using a name out of the air, um, then um, feel free to to contact me in whatever way is most comfortable for you. Um, and then up to that that time, but it is part in part setting the intention. When I don't exactly shut it off because, you know, either I have my grandkids or we're out doing something, you know. Um, it's just like I'll see something out of the corner of my eye and all of a sudden this guy is pointing over at this woman and saying, her, over there, go say hi. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know? So then the conversation starts, but... The uh, messages themselves, when you're actually in, in communication with someone, something on the other side, how does that dialogue happen? Do you hear words in your head? Uh, is it more feeling? What's happening during the communication? I get all kinds of communication. Sometimes it's, um, well, you know, the, the five or six clairs with the clairaudience, clairvoyance, claircognizance, all of those. Sometimes it's a smell. Um, sometimes they'll give me music, you know, a favorite song. Uh, sometimes it is an audible message either within my head or, um, out, you know, close by. <laughs> I might receive uh, a visual image of them directly behind the person or perhaps a, um, just a visual of, uh, the item or object they're trying to um, connect about. I know, uh, in the past there has been, um, and, and, and I think they've been proven to be hoaxes, but there's been, um, these spirit photographs. I'm trying to remember the name of the photographer who was notorious for this back in the, uh, I think at the turn of the century. Um, but they would take pictures and then there would be a spirit standing over, you know, which it was actors generally. I think the guy was in Boston. Do you know who I'm talking about? I can't remember the name. I'm I'm seeing, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think, yes. yeah. So, but <laughs> let's let's move that that fraud aside. Is that? Do you see that? I mean, is that kind of what you said that you know? They with might my be mind's eye, more so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. More more so with the mind's eye for me. Uh, occasionally, I do see the the image with my physical eye. But also, I do a lot of note-taking when I do a reading, and I'm writing it down quickly. And for me, it is a trance-like state, because I don't remember. Like, the next day, I'm going, what What was that about? I don't right. remember that reading. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't, because it's a trance-like state, and I'm, like, on the line. So, you know, them, spirit, you know, back and forth. <laughs> so um, because I'm in between the veil, um, it kind of just like, to me, it seems like a protection to keep me protected. So, and, and to bring through the message more clearly, because then it's more direct. I don't know. It's just my interpretation. <laughs> Carol, Mary Grace in our chat room, and this is kind of off topic, but... Uh, she asks, mm -hmm. she says, I see a massage chair behind Carol. Does she combine medical massage therapy with reading clients? I have numerous certifications. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Reiki master oh, teacher. Wow. Okay. 
I also, as I said, I work in uh, mental health or I have been for like 12, 13 years. And I also do uh, a newer therapy, uh, which is EFT and TFT, emotional freedom technique or thought field therapy. And it helps with a great deal. And I know from personal experience, because I did it on myself, <laughs> it works for phobias, uh, anxiety, depression, um, and physical pain to manage physical pain, hmm. chronic pain. Interesting. Yeah. Um, another question from chat. Heather, where'd it go here? Heather wants to know if you've ever connected with a celebrity. I did. Who was that? Oh my God, this was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to claim I know who it is at this moment because I really don't remember. But I did have an individual come through from 9-11 as well. Oh, wow. Um, a young uh, a boy came with his parents and they gave permission for me to do a reading for him. And um, this boy, um, I got chills. Oh validation from spirit when I get chills. <laughs> so um, spirit brought through a personal connection for him from someone that passed at the towers. Wow. That's gotta be when you, yeah. when, whenever you make a connection with um, someone who had gone through such a traumatic event. I mean, that is a perfect example. The nine 11, uh, story, yeah. but there's a lot, you know, there's, there's soldiers in battle. There's, oh, yeah. you know, there's people who have yeah. suffered crimes, uh, you know, vicious and, and, and violent crimes. How, how does the, the, the soul, the, the spirit that you're communicating with that went through that experience, are they calm? Have, have they, or do they carry that with them? I've had various experiences on that. Um, to me, I have heard numerous times by others that they don't know they've crossed over. For me, my personal belief is I don't believe that. I believe they know they crossed over. They're just either scared, angry, or whatever that it happened uh, that they actually crossed over like that. Um I do believe that many, as I, as I talked about the life lessons, this is what I was taught. And from what I've whom I've spoken to on the other side, they've confirmed it for me that they are working on certain things. So um, I do believe that as some of the life lessons progress on the other side, any anger, angst, or fear that they have will dissipate and has dissipated for some of them that I have spoken to. But for the most part, in my belief system, they have, the mind doesn't carry over, but the soul does. And if they have an anxious soul, if they have a lot of energy, a nervous energy, maybe they, it's personality traits. So maybe they're like really funny and they make a joke about everything. Maybe this woman is all about family and she wants everyone to know she took care of her children. She kept her house just so. She loved to cook, loved to bake, whatever. 
or she liked to look just so, you know, straightening out her clothes or whatever. So their traits carry over to the other side. But I don't believe that um, their fears will carry over for long. I do believe they know they've crossed. Uh, I don't know. This one, I, this, this, I yeah, no, 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 you're fine. No, <laughs> no, no, terrific answers, and, and the audience is loving it. But I, uh, I always hesitate when I ask this question, but I do think it's an important question. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any difference when you communicate, and maybe you haven't had the opportunity to, but may, when you communicate with somebody who is a, a suicide victim? I have had that. Um, oftentimes, um, they will admit to it. They will tell me uh, they had a hand in it or they will take full credit for it, for their passing. Um, a lot of times there's remorse on their part, sometimes anger. Um, and they always give me their feeling. In addition to a sensation, I never have gotten and I don't believe um, from my point of view, that they give true, strong pain. But I do believe they give a sensation on the body part of how they passed. They can also do that if they know someone in the physical world is going through something. Maybe you're having headaches and they'll give me a sensation there. And if that's not how they crossed over, that may be what they're trying to convey. Uh, you know, I have sympathy for them. I, I, I'm aware they're going through this. So I digress. I got off topic. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> we have uh, Fifi who's watching the program from Malaysia. That's, that's Hi, Fifi. That's quite a trip. <laughs> uh, Fifi wants to know, how do you feel when you are connected and when you are uh, communicating with spirit? Does it? Do you feel it physically at all? And, and what happens? And this was going to be one of my questions too. What happens afterwards? You kind of mentioned that you don't remember it the next day, or but does it exhaust you? I mean, is it physically it taxing on you? Let me tell you, when I did the testing, after two years of going through classes and, and what have you, there was a two-day testing, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. By the end of the testing, and I read for both professional mediums and laypersons alike. And after that two full days, I was so depleted, I got sick. Oh. So I recommended to the person that... Wow certified me that she encouraged the um people testing to beef up on their vitamins or something you know to prepare because i was not prepared for that and so I you gotta have a big you gotta have days. a big pasta meal right you get all those carbs <laughs> ahead of time <laughs> like you do before a in. big football game the next day we used to carb up right is that what you have to do <laughs> <laughs> well for one reading, not as much, but it can be draining. <laughs> um, Heather Mack uh, also wants to know, are you able to see things in your own future? And have you connected with people in your life that have passed? Uh, or is that something that uh, you'd prefer not to do? Well, Heather, um, actually this, the dragonfly. Keep it up there. Let me, so people can say what you're talking about. There you go. 
Okay. Dragonfly is my symbol for spirit. Um, that uh, came from my father. When I first started opening up to this type of thing, um, I had been missing him terribly. He passed in 2001. And this was, I guess, about 2011. I had been visiting a friend. Um, and I had taken a walk at a lake. And I'm going to be honest, I had never seen a bunch of dragonflies at this lake before. But as I said to my father when I first started on the walk, Dad, just let me know you're here. I need a sign. Just show me something. So a dragonfly. No sooner had I said that came up by my feet at the lake. And as soon as that one left, another one came. And as I walked two thirds around this lake, every time a dragonfly left, another one came up. That was my symbol. Oh, I got chills. Yeah. That's here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm going to move this question uh, into a different direction a little bit. By the way, uh, Fifi says, thank you for your answer. Um, I, I, I lost both of my parents uh, within the last 10 years, um, within a couple of years of each other. And um, sorry, thank you. Um, but I've learned a lot during, during, while I was experiencing that. And I was, I was doing this program four nights a week uh, when both of my parents were sick. So I was having a lot of these types of conversations, but some things happened to mm-hmm. me during their illnesses when I was spending time with them that changed the way I look at some of this. And I want to ask your opinion about it. Uh, One thing that I often talk about is uh, when my mother was, um, she was in the hospital for a year before she passed away and she was in her 60s. She was not particularly old. And um, Mm -hmm. she she started at times uh, having visions of people in the room that I couldn't see. And she was talking Mm -hmm. about these people being here. And in one case, it was actually a very sinister presence, which scared her a lot, uh, made me concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts on these? And I wouldn't call them deathbed visitations because she wasn't quite, I mean, she was she was not going to improve, but she wasn't at that point. Uh, but at the t- same time, she was having these visions and visitations. What do you think they are? And particularly, what do you think the sinister one was? Well, again, for my belief system, as the veil, uh, the veil becomes thinner as the soul is preparing to cross over. And that is, I believe, a way of preparing the physical mind and the soul for what is to come. Um, it allows that person, hopefully, to feel the security that family is waiting for them on the other side. It is my belief that no one crosses alone. So um, we all have someone waiting on the other side to take us through the veil. Um, No one crosses alone. And whether that be a pet and or family, there will be someone there. Well, that's comforting. What is your opinion of the sinister uh, presence? Did she misinterpret that, do you think? Or was it something indeed sinister? Um, I do believe, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting something. So (laughs) Um, it it feels as though that this was perhaps, she has (sighs) such a good soul, Mm -hmm. such a good soul. Um, 
almost as if it was um, trying to make its way through, but that um, her connections with her soul family would definitely have one out. Um, almost like, oh God, people use this term all the time. Um, the devil tried to sway me, right. you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, I do feel that, um, the, when the veil thins, some negative energies may try to come through and that she probably had that portal, that door open, um, because of all the beautiful things coming through, beautiful people and, and just that feeling and, and her light shining so bright that this one thing came through and she just like, mm, yeah, she was assisted in getting that back to now, the other side where it belonged. <laughs> my mother talked about belief systems. My mother, um, was very Catholic. I'm Catholic. I don't call myself very Catholic, but she was very Catholic uh, does a belief system influence what may or may not come through uh, or how you interpret I believe it? it does. It does? I believe it does. I believe uh, for both interpretation as well as um, what can actually um, manifest. Uh, by the way, Heather Mack, in response to your answer uh, about her question, if you've, if you've ever kind of communicated to people that were important to you that have passed, uh, she said dragonflies have a very special meaning for her as well, uh, which is kind of interesting. Aww, um, that's great. Uh, another question from Fifi. Can Carol share how to start learning and connect and help people who are trying to do it on their own? I mean, you mentioned that you feel everybody has mm -hmm. has this sensitivity, whether it's obvious or it's buried within them. What do you mm -hmm. recommend they do if they want to try to start to access those sensitivities themselves? Um, well, there's various exercises you can do. We all have our five main guides and, and trying to connect with them um, once every morning through a meditation, um, setting the, uh, the intention prior to a meditation that you are trying to achieve whatever, um, a connection with a main guide, a, um, a message from the other side, when you set the intention, you have to leave it up to them, though, because if you start putting your own thoughts into it, it goes nowhere. <laughs> so um, then you won't be able to tell if it's from spirit or your own thoughts. So um, there's different exercises. I do teach mediumship as well um, and, and help people to hone those abilities that they believe they already have even the slightest amount like listening to your gut instinct. I'll give you one for that. If I used to do this. So paying attention to your gut, asking a question. And if it feels full or empty, is a yes or a no? Does it feel full? Does it feel satisfied? Does it, your gut, I'm not talking about your belly, your tummy. Whether you ate or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm talking about that gut instinct. If it feels full or satisfied or complete, I don't know how else to describe it. That's your yes answer. That's confirmation. If you have that hollow feeling in your stomach, doesn't feel right, that's a no. That's beware. Uh, 
Carol, we don't have you for a whole <laughs> lot more time, and there are a couple other things I want to get to before we have to let you go. But um, I want to change the topic to dreams because a lot of people um, mm -hmm. feel as though they get messages, whether it's from their loved ones uh, or other messages mm -hmm. about themselves through their dreams. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people believe that's just your subconscious you know, working through problems on its own. Other people believe that it's a spiritual mm -hmm. connection. What do you think? Both. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Put it right out there. <laughs> Fair enough. Sometimes dreams are just that. It's working through maybe your daily struggles. When someone in spirit comes to you, it will feel vivid. It will be surreal. At those times, that's a visitation that someone actually coming to you with a message. They may be just trying to connect because they miss you. They know you're having problems or they're helping you celebrate. And a lot of times I hear it's, Pop came to me and held out his arms and told me he loved me and he gave me a hug or something like that. Or sometimes, Grandma's standing back there, arms crossed, shaking her head. No, you don't. Mm -mm. That's her warning. She's just telling you, don't do that. Whatever's on, on your plate. So, yeah, I do believe there are physical um, issues going on in the physical world that can cause dreams and, and working your, your things out in dreams. But there, to my belief system, there are dreams that are visitations. And prolific dreams uh, prophetic prophetic that's it prophetic <laughs> <laughs> prophetic and prolific for that matter um yes have, exactly. you, have you done any uh, we you heard my opening uh discussion uh we've got a big ghost hunt uh, paranormal investigation coming up this weekend we're filming uh for our tv project uh so you know that i do that uh have you done any of that uh, there are some psychic mediums that like to do that kind of work there are some that don't where do you where do you fall on that well I do like to do that kind of work. I've done a lot of personal ones without a team. I just started a team. So, mm -hmm. um, and it's very interesting. Those on the team, there's like three of them uh, beside myself that also have abilities. So it's kind of unique team. Um, we're, uh, we're trace spirit, which is treating respectfully and compassionately every spirit. So um, I think it's interesting to have that many with abilities on one team. So as I said, we just started. So we're so, going to give it a shot uh, that's, and see how it goes. I'm very curious about this now. So why did you start a group? <laughs> and what is your, what's your objective? Is it something that you want to do for personal satisfaction? Or are you looking to go out and yeah. help people or have, that are having issues on their own? Well, it, it brings me a lot of personal satisfaction to help somebody else. Sure to enlighten and empower people. Um, I've always said, I'm not afraid of the dead. I'm afraid of the living. So <laughs> yeah, well, <I> <laughs> um, many of us have I learned think, that lesson for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important that um, people um, view the other side um, from a less scary angle. They don't have to be scared of individuals on the other side. They don't have to be fearful if they go into it with the intent that 
okay, I'm expecting this, so I'm going to be open. You want to show me something? You want to, you know, audibly, visually, great, I'm expecting it now. When you're not expecting, it can be a bit scary, I guess, but especially in your own home. So if, if you're having that kind of experience, I have gone to people's homes, not just to clear the energy um, and to bring in positive energy, but I go to empower them and to give them knowledge. So hopefully in the future, they don't need to call me. They can manage it themselves unless it becomes to a level that requires more. You just started the group. Have you had a chance to go out and do any investigations yet? Or are you still working on that? We are holding meetings. Um, we, I am hoping that uh, we can continue with lessons um, because some of them have wanted to learn to hone their abilities mm -hmm. or to recognize when actual signs are coming through because skeptical medium. Not everything's of spirit. Right. So we debunk a lot. And, and we're all about that as well. Now, you said the group, uh, you all have sensitivities. You said there's, did you say there were three of you in the group? About three or four, three or four? of our members and have you're sensitivities. All, three or four of of the group, not, yes. there's not only three or four in the group. Is that what you're saying? No, there's okay. about eight. Do the, do, the, do the folks, including yourself, who have the sensitivities, do you also use some of the, what we would call ghost hunting equipment? Uh, there's a debate whether some of this equipment is legit or not, or really does what it says it's doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I could go on for several hours about that, but um, <laughs> yeah. in general, there are some things that are accepted in the industry to say, okay, this is some kind of device that is measuring something, regardless of what it is. Yeah. We know it's measuring. Do you use stuff like that? Do the people who are sensitive in the group use that stuff, or do you rely solely on your gifts? No, we do use the equipment. It kind of backs it up. So if something shows up on the equipment, but we're not getting anything physically, we're definitely debunking anyway, but we might be able to dismiss. Um, but if our body is telling us something or we're hearing something internally <laughs> um, to go with what the equipment is giving us, then we're going to go with, hmm, we might be having some activity. Uh, we have a whole bunch of people that are asking about readings. We're not doing readings today, folks. So just just so you know, no. uh, Carol has has uh, graciously uh, agreed to come on and talk about this stuff. But we're not doing readings. But if you want a reading with Carol, uh, and we're not quite done yet, Carol. But people are asking. So how do they get in touch with you for a uh, a private session or a reading with you, or even some training, which you talked about doing as well? Um, I have a couple pages on Facebook. Um, also on Instagram, I see spirits on Instagram. Um, but um, wait a minute, I see spirits, or I work for spirits. I've got two. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Believe I me, I spirits. go through this every I day. Spirits. I do this every day, trying to figure. Okay, what are the names of my pages, and where are they, and which platforms are they on, and what are my passwords? And I do it every day, every every single day. It's my life. For Facebook, though. Uh, the public figure page is Carol H. Van Norman, comma, skeptical medium. You may have seen it as the Stroudsburg medium, which I had been for years. 
Um, but I've always called myself the skeptical medium. So I just switched it over. Yeah. Made sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and um, what else? Oh, yeah. Uh, my business page, the Dragonfly Center for Wellness, LLC. And that's also a Facebook that, page? With, it is. Okay. Uh, that's my business page on Facebook. And that, that one's for um, not just uh, learning um, you know, classes for mediumship or psychic development, but also for Reiki, teaching Reiki, uh, the EFT, TFT, reflexology, all of that. Uh, Paula, in our chat room, again, we're not doing readings. I'm going to ask your question, uh, but don't expect a reading uh, from Carol here, but she might have some insight. Paula says, I have a woman and a child spirit in my home. They show, myself, mm -hmm. show themselves to me most. Uh, I was just wondering why they come to me more than the others in my home. Any thoughts on that? Why so am I to understand there are multiple entities I think that's what in the saying. home and just the mother and child showing? They show the mother and child are showing themselves most. I would say that um, they are getting that um, level of comfortability and receptiveness um, that she would be open to seeing them. Um, and it seems like they would not be, um, fearful of her or that she is fearful of them. Um, it seems like a level of comfortability. So it's comfortability and it's also receptiveness, would you say? That Polis must yeah. be more receptive um, to that? Oftentimes, if there is maybe a male entity and maybe he's, he's a large male, who knows? Um, if there is any possibility that spirit recognizes she would not be receptive. She may only get audible messages from that one. Uh, Mary Grace asks about the five main guides that you talked about before. She wants to know if they're yes. angelic, are they higher masters, past loved ones, or all the above, or something different that wasn't mentioned. Uh, to my training, um, there is a master guide, a doctor teacher guide, a doctor chemist guide, a protector guide, and a joy guide. Dr. Teacher Guide is concerned with your um, uh, spiritual growth. Uh, Dr. Chemist Guide is uh, with physical um, concerns and, and the physical realm, physical wellness. Carol, you mentioned earlier uh, that people can learn to do some of this on their own. You know, they can kind of sharpen their skills, if you will. Um, Yes. One of the things we've talked about on this program and on others is the Ouija board. And I'm not going to ask you if that's a tool that you use, but uh, one of the things that people often say is if you use an Ouija board incorrectly, it can be dangerous. Can you use these sensitivities incorrectly and, and uh, put yourself into some kind of spiritual danger? If, if you don't know what you're doing, I are you new to it? I believe it is possible that you can open yourself up to negative energies and entities uh, if you are not careful about protecting your your space and your soul. So I guess the, I don't know how much you want me to elaborate. Yeah, no, I, I think the message there is just be careful. And as with anything and any yes. tool that you might use that uh, is designed to help you contact the other side, that you just need to be careful and cautious. And I would go a step further and say you should probably, if you're really interested in doing that, you should probably work with somebody who knows what they're doing, like Carol, right? I mean, that's probably good advice. Yeah, 
Yes, find a mentor, uh, somebody who um, has interest in, in sharing their knowledge um, because they can guide you through and, and um, it can get frustrating and then you may just shut it down. Um, but if you have someone with knowledge about it, they can help guide you through the process and make it fun. Carol, I've kept you longer than I said I was going to, so I appreciate you uh, bearing with me here. But I want to give you one more opportunity to let people know how they can contact you. Just one place. Let's not go through a list just because it's hard for people to remember. Where's the easiest place for people to contact you if they want a, a reading or get more information? On Facebook at my public figure page, Carol H. Van Norman skeptical medium. That's terrific. Thanks so much for spending the time with us. It's been a great uh, informative discussion and I hope uh, we'll get a chance to do this again at some point. I am so thankful you asked me to come on. I greatly appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Carol. Have a great day as well. We appreciate you being here. All right. So, um, you as well. Thanks. Carol H. Van Norman, um, again, on Facebook, you can find her. Carol H. Van Norman Skeptical Medium is uh, the best place to go. If you want more information about Carol's work and maybe contact her about a reading or some mentorship or some of the other things that she offers. Um, I want to just one more time. First of all, thanks to everybody for joining us. If you're a podcast listener, you're obviously not listening, won't be listening live. Uh, you'll be listening this uh, down the road. But if you listen to it right away, coming up Friday and Saturday, the 23rd and 24th of June, we have a live investigation. And if you are a podcast listener, you may not have found our live stream channels yet. And if that's the case, I encourage you to go to either Facebook, Twitch, or, or YouTube. Any of the three is fine, whatever you prefer. Um, if you go to YouTube, I'm going to have to give you the list here. YouTube is Paranormal Reality TV. That's how you find us on YouTube. Uh, Facebook is Paranormal RTV. No reality, it's just R, Paranormal RTV. And if you go to, what was the other one? Twitch. Twitch is also Paranormal Reality TV, so you can find it there. We're on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well, but we don't stream live there with regularity, so I wouldn't recommend those channels or those platforms uh, if you want to watch the live ghost hunt that is coming up on Friday and Saturday night, starting about 9 p.m. both nights at the Rhodes Hotel, north of Indianapolis, not too far north of Indianapolis, a little bit north of Indianapolis. Uh, that's where we'll be this weekend. And we're staying on location. That's where we'll be sleeping. So we're going to experiment with some overnight stuff too. Maybe we'll leave some cameras running all night long. That'll be a lot of fun. We also have some great stuff coming up in July and August. More uh, ghost hunts, more live investigations. Some of the most exciting ones. There's a hospital that's on our schedule that uh, has I, maybe maybe one group has investigated it previously, and we are giving spe being given special access to this location. And I'm not going to say the name of it yet. Um, but, uh, as we get closer, I will, and we're really excited about it. We're going to call in some friends to help us. Uh, sector 12 paranormal is going to uh, send some team members to help us out because it's a gigantic place. I'm not even sure how we're going to do this logistically yet, but we're looking forward to that one as well. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. If you're subscribing on Facebook, there's a fee. That's a, that's a paid subscription. But don't think of it so much as as you're paying a subscription fee. It's really the money helps us uh, do our investigations and get out on the road and provide uh, the live investigations that we're doing. So if you want to support the program, that's one way to do it. You can also support us on Twitch with a, with a subscription. If you've got a Prime account, Amazon Prime, you can link that to the subscription 
function and you can actually subscribe for free on your end, but we still get some credit for that and some financial help. We're also on Patreon and there's other places you can support us. So once again, thanks for being here. Thank you to Carol H. Van Norman for joining us. We had a great discussion. We're looking forward to having her back at some point. And again, you can visit her on Facebook. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight. I think uh, Rebecca will be on later tonight um, to do her normal thing. And then we might be back to talk about morning questions tomorrow night. Uh, take a few of these questions that we've been posing on the Facebook page and have a little bit of a conversation tomorrow night about those. So thanks everybody. Have the great, have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time. <laughs>